Today's episode is sponsored by, once again, Study Notes ABA. It's a perfect time for me to speak about Study Notes ABA because the sign-up is open for the February Collective. It starts December 9th. If you are trying to figure out what the hell do I do with starting my studying, the behavior bitches got you. We go by Study Notes ABA on that end. We literally break down the entire task list for you along with your Cooper book through our 20 classes that take place over 10 weeks. We meet every Monday and Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Now, if that doesn't work for you and you have another hustle going on, we effing get it. We're the behavior bridges. What do you expect? We're real, raw, and relatable. So we get it. So we have video bundles you could get. You could purchase drop-ins. You could come for one class. You could come for all the classes. Whatever works best for you. I promise you won't be bored. We might even be more fun than we are on this podcast. I don't know. Maybe you'll just have to check it out. Go to www.studynotesaba.com. It will be the best decision you ever made. Study Notes ABA. ABA in a little X right away. It's behavior, bitches. Hey, guys. It's Liat. And Casey. And we are back, and we hope today to be not as rushed as we were the other day for the Simple Plan concert, which if you follow my Instagram, I didn't even end up staying for because I got there five hours early. Apparently, opening doors is different from the actual show you want to see. But hey, so I'm sorry about that, but I'm back and I'm fully committed AF today to you. Casey, what's going on? Yeah, what is going on, Biatch? What is going on is it's episode 25. That is a quarter of the way to 100, right? Yeah, and Alan said we've been doing it for how many weeks? He said 30. I think he said 30, which is mind-blowing to me. I can't even wrap my head around it. Um, It's still so exciting. It's my favorite time of the week. Um, So yeah, episode 25, feeling alive, right, girl? Yeah, I feel like I sit in a beehive. (laughs) That would not be that fun. Well, this is our first time, I think, recording a podcast this early in the morning. Yeah, we were up real early for this, if I say so myself. So guys, realize we do love you. Um, We do it for the people. That's what we do it for. Yeah, and the reinforcement. But hey. Who's to say? Well, you know where to go to find us. And if you don't by now, after 30 weeks, maybe you should go back to episode one and go find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook, Behavior Bitches podcast. And after this at 11.15 today, we have a meeting with another guy named Alan. I think Alan's are meant to be in our life, who (laughs) is making us the most dope ass website ever. I can't wait till we display it to you guys, hopefully next week. Yeah, I'm really, really, really pumped about that. And none of you guys could say, bitches, shut up about the website anymore because we're on that. Thanks to Alan number two. Don't worry, Alan, producer, you're Alan number one. Um, okay. Wait, so. first, 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 before we forget. Oh, yeah. Five Reinforcement years. of the day. Bum, 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 bum. Who is today? Today is Carrie Ann K. She said, best podcast, five stars. Thanks, girl. You guys are my new best friends. I'm in the car for anywhere between four to five hours a day and just love having someone 
to listen to that sounds like I'm just chatting with my peers. I have referenced your podcast in our mentorship program and have a lot of future practitioners listening. Thank you. Keep being you guys in amazing. Number one, thank you. Number two, why are you driving four to five hours a day? That is insane. That is like a lot of driving. And Marian, we're glad we're your, we can be your best friends in the car. And thanks yeah. for getting more people to listen. Spreading the good word is all we could ever ask for. Seriously. We so, Leah, love you. We are here today in a very, very important announcement on what we're going to talk about. It's actually changed Leah's entire course of what she's going to be doing. What are you changing your career to? Guys, um, this is my announcement. I am leading Study Notes ABA. And... So I you just sponsored one last episode? You know, I just sponsored one last episode um, <laughs> before I hand it on over. And what am I going to be doing instead? You want to know? I'm becoming a hostage negotiator. Um, I have become fascinated by what goes into negotiating a hostage. And so today we are going to be talking about that on our episode. And by the way, we are no FBI professionals in this. I mean, these are people who have, they study behavior and they learn about what goes into a hostage negotiation. You might be good at negotiating, uh, negotiating prices at a flea market, but this is not that. This is like, if you don't, it's not coming to a negotiation like where you might get a few dollars off and you don't care or charge a few more. This is like someone's life is on the line. So again, we're not professionals. We're just two bitches who like to read different articles on the internet. We've taken note and obviously hashtag behaviorally break down these content. All right. And side so note, Leah's really not going to become one. She will always be the face of Study Notes ABA, but she has been obsessed about this this week. We were actually going to do a different topic. I sent probably like 50 articles on a different topic. I don't think we're ever actually going to get to that one. I'm not even going to say what it is. No, we will get to it. I know. But she came at me the other day, called me, and was going on and on and on, breaking down the ways from this amazing TED Talk that we'll put in the show notes, The Secrets of Hostage Negotiation. And she was hooked. I was hooked. I watched it on my drive to New York yesterday, diligently taking notes. Um, so excited to talk about these four principles with you guys, um, especially... In the world that we live in these days with disagreements and violence and the most important thing that we need to learn is how to effectively communicate with each other. At the crux of all violence could probably just need a little bit of effective communication. Um, so basically, dun, dun, dun. how do we operationally define, Liat, a negotiator or a negotiation? <laughs> I think it's just negotiator. All right. A negotiator. A negotiator is a person who either comes to an agreement with someone else or one who helps other people reach an agreement. When two people cannot see eye to eye, it's time to bring on a negotiator. Hashtag Liat. I love to negotiate. It's true, but I don't, you mean like with my new career or in general? Yeah. No, it's your new career. <laughs> okay. Um, this is versus a business deal. This is different because Okay, let's say you're negotiating your um, salary for a new job. Okay, if I had to lose $10 off my salary a month, whatever, or the uh, employer needs to pay $10 more. Okay, 
That's one thing. When we are talking about hostage negotiations, there is someone who is a hostage, meaning being, I don't have the operational definition of this, but I'm going to take a stab at it. This is someone who is being held captive. And oftentimes the person holding them captive is doing this because they want something um, from someone else in return. And actually one of my favorite TV shows is called Hostages. You need to watch it on Netflix. It's actually in Hebrew, it. but it's it's literally the best show ever. I'll put it's it in the show notes. Yeah, it's an Israeli TV show, but it's it's completely it's not in Hebrew. They like have voiceovers. It's the best show ever. Anyways, um, so when you're a hostage negotiator, you are figuring out in these very crisis um driven situations stressful stressful af right you need to come in and there are so many um things that go into a hostage negotiation and how um how it's broken down is what we're going to talk about today leah why don't you list out the behavior principles before we get into them all right the behavior principles <laughs> all right so we talk about the importance of pairing with someone assessing the situation using active listening, knowing when to deliver the demand, value altering MOs, figuring out what is the MO, building rapport, demonstrating appropriate behavior, attending skills, generalization, having a crisis prevention plan, hashtag behavioral support plan, also behavior skills training. And behavior skills training is training package that utilizes instruction, modeling, rehearsal, and feedback in order to teach a new skill. Typically, training is implemented not for some fixed time, but rather to some predetermined criterion. So let's get started. We have taken the four most important principles of hostage negotiation. And not just hostage negotiation principles. The TED Talk talks about this. He says, these are also the principles of basic human relationships, leadership, and greatness. So these are how you, it's not just how you interact with a hostage. It's how you may interact in relationships um, at work or people you're not getting along with or agreeing with or your significant other, right? So these apply to all different scenarios and types of relationships. Yep. Absolutely. So let's say you pull up to the situation. There's someone holding a gun to a child's head and is like, and so you're called in. This is obviously a crisis. Someone's life is on the line here. What do we do first? Casey? Well, principle one is to seek first to understand. You need to go in to realize first you need to understand what they may want, right? You need to slow things down, learn what the other person wants through pairing, pairing with the person, right? You're not going to come in immediately, put your gun down, delivering that demand when you don't even know what the situation is. We need to start by slowing the situation down and seeking to understand what that person may want. Right. Now, in this situation... Obviously, this person is probably not sane in the moment. So, but that's not important for you to get to. Whether you agree with where they are mentally or not, that's not the goal here. You're not trying to negotiate being like, sir, you are unstable right now. You are, th this, you are not thinking clearly. That is not going to help. 
What you need to do initially is listen. Go there and have empathy to listen. Okay, so you are assessing the environment, figuring out what's going on. During this time, you need to figure out what's the MO, right? And so actually what you're going to do, it also says during this time when you're understanding, ask open-ended questions. You don't want to set it up for a yes, no question. Have open-ended so you're able to pick up more about what this person is dealing with. Same way when we work with a client with autism or you work with really anyone that you're doing anything for, even if you're teaching a dog how to um, do a new trick, you have to pair with them first, right? Build that rapport that they would have any reason to listen to you at any point when you do give a demand or request that one does something. So, Yes, and you're really trying to determine a hypothesis of the function of their behavior. You are trying to figure out what exactly they may want, right? So I think what we like to do in everyday life or just human behavior is we always are in a hurry to be understood so or understand someone really fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know what that person wants. When in reality, when you slow down and really find out what it is that they want, then the hostage taker can feel like they're being heard and understand. So you need to first pair with them so they trust you, okay? And then the second principle is knowing when to deliver your message, right? And can I say one thing before that, which I thought was um, really cool, which they had said, and I don't know which of the videos I was watching, um, how there was one hostage situation and there was a guy and I forget who he was holding hostage, like some random individual and had a gun to them or no, had two knives. They were standing there with two different, two knives. And, you know, they, the, so the um, negotiator comes in, starts talking to them, you know, trying to be understanding, listening and saying, okay, I, I could hear you're upset. Um, whatever. And the, and so the, the hostage guy was like, um, if I come down, are you going to take me to the hospital? Immediately he said, yes right? Because he was, did not listen. Do you remember this one, Casey? So I, I do. And I actually, what it was, was it was a guy who was, had a gun to his head. He was going to uh, commit suicide. Oh, okay. And, no, and he said, two knives. it was two knives. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was two knives. No, it was a gun. And he's holding them up. No, okay, that was a different regardless, one. <laughs> multiple stimuli, one function. You feel me. Okay. Yeah. Is that our first um, podcast fight? <laughs> Yeah, I'm literally taking this out on you after the show. I'm trying to be professional right now. Anyways, yeah, keep going. <laughs> so the guy was, I'm going to tell the right story. He was holding a gun to his head in the basement and the guy came down and the hostage negotiator was talking with him and the, the guy said exactly what Liat said. So the guy could be holding a knife, a gun, a freaking cannon, a dildo, whatever he's holding. Um, but <laughs> he said that, um, are you going to take him to the hospital? And because now without knowing what the person wanted, the negotiator just said, yes. And that is not what he wanted. He didn't want to be taken to the hospital. And so he shot himself. Like, that is a perfect example of you need to really know what's going on in the situation. So he thought he was helping him. And the guy was like, absolutely. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely take you there. Don't you worry, you know? And he's like, I think it was a stab because I think it was a knife. And so he like cut himself <laughs> but Casey's saying it was a gun whatever we'll let you know tomato, tomato if you're guys. if you're if you're a patron we'll let you know as a patron 
what the actual item was as a patron, Patreon, whatever, what the actual item was. But anyways, so that is a perfect example of this guy just went in assuming like, oh, this guy definitely is in a crisis situation. He wants help. I'll say yes to the hospital immediately. He should have been feeling out the situation and really listening and listening to how this guy is feeling at the time. Um, okay, Casey, I know you want to get to step number two, so get to step number two. So knowing when to deliver the demand, right? And in order to know this, they, in order to know when to deliver it, right? They have to have now trusted you and you have had now paired with them. Now you're working to understand what they want and then you want to deliver your message. So you're preparing them to receive your message. And you do this by using statements that may reflect back to them. Like, I can see you feel angry, you sound sad, um, using those I statements and demonstrating to them that you actually do understand whether or not you actually do, right? If you're probably like, I'm just saying these things, but in the moment, that person has emotions and feelings that really matter. And by demonstrating back that you do understand, you're now, they're like, oh, I can probably trust this person. And that's what you're working for. Exactly. And an, another great exercise to do with this, and this is also, guys, a huge skill, which they talk about as active listening. You are actively listening. You are not listening just to respond. You are listening to listen. Um, I know that something I need to work on on a regular basis because I love to talk. And so it's like, oh, okay, I'm listening so I can respond to that. But when you just actually listen and a great skill to do for this is called mirroring. And mirroring what you do, the behavior you engage in is someone says a statement such as, um, what if I said, I really feel, um, like people at work, I don't matter to them. They're all talking about me. They won't let me sit at lunch with them. Yeah, so you'd say feeling like you don't matter, huh? Right. Yeah, so you'd I do. Like I that. feel like I don't matter. Thank you. Exactly. Someone gets it. Right. Well, they're not going to answer you that nice. Casey's like, just like being a, a perfect. It's just a, we're just role playing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but exactly. So someone exactly saying that I'm, I'm sick and tired of being pushed around, feeling pushed around, huh? Like, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. As opposed to like responding and me being me would be like, usually just trying to come to a solution immediately. Like, you don't need to feel like that. You could be your own boss. You don't need to be pushed around. You could live a better life, right? Like I just want to go and offer that, but that's not how it's very important that at the same way with ABA, when we need to follow a protocol for a behavioral program, the same is true that you do not let your emotions get involved when you are follow, like using a hostage negotiation. So, you know, you might want to go in and try to be like, dude, I got you come down from there. I promise I will make an effort to make your life better. That is not what they need at that time. So you have to follow the protocol. And that's what this, um, FBI, uh, negotiator was talking about that you go into this and you, and you want to train to do all these different things, but then your emotions come in. And the same is true when, you know, you have a parent working with a kid, you know, and it's like, I need you to do this extinction procedure make sure you don't deliver anything. And then you don't follow the protocol and it doesn't work. So it's very important to follow a protocol. Yeah. Do you ever use this in your, like with your husband, this type Which of, one, just this type of reflecting back. 
No, like I, can I really, see, I can I see that to. you're feeling upset. I, I've been practicing a little bit more, um, especially just try, working to, un, and I love step one, the working to, or seeking to understand what that other person may want. And then this whole reflecting back thing, I know it sounds silly, like, all right, Matt, I can see you're feeling like I'm not giving you enough attention or whatever it may be, right? Um, mm -hmm. But really, I think that it goes a really long way instead of just being like, why are you acting like that? Right? 100%. Like, and that leads into three, right? It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So yeah. if I were to say that to Matt, like, why are you doing that? In that like snippy little tone or why are you doing that? I don't know. Just think of things like that, right? Yeah. As a, so here I found it really interesting that only 7% of communication is actually in the words we're using. The rest of communication is in your delivery, tone, body language, you know, semantics, how you're saying something. I know in ABA, we focus on verbal behavior um, just to get functional communication. But once you have a more advanced learner, you do actually work on things about you know, how you could show someone you're interested, like nod your head slightly and, you know, nod your head, um, maybe repeat, repeat back a few words they said, ask them a question about what they said. These are different things. Um, having open body language. I mean, I've worked on, I always love working with like teens and, you know, higher, uh, you know, just like some people with like some social issues. That's my favorite. And it's, it's the exact same thing. It's not always about what you say, because what you say, um, and even on past episodes, like when, you know, we brought someone who, who deals with this on, you take things very literally. So it's very important about how you are saying something. Think of how hard it is for a learner to respond when you use extra language. Sometimes, you're just right? delivering that, like uh, the discriminative stimulus or the, or the uh, demand, whatever it may be. And you use like flowery language or, or unnecessary words, it's hard to process that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so keeping your tone of voice neutral, right? Especially under these extreme stressful cases like a hostage situation. I know when I get in situations with even clients that may be really escalated, I feel my uh, you know, pulse start going faster, uh, my heart rate, it's I, like you my got voice. some respondent behavior over here, reflexive yeah. behavior. And definitely my voice quivers or whatever it may be, I, I talk faster and practicing under these really stressful situations on how to maintain that calm and neutral tone, not try to fill every single space with words. One of the biggest things I took away from that TED talk was the um, how a strong a pause could be. Oh, yeah. They talk about the pause. I'm going to practice pause. that. I just demonstrated a pause for you. I know I was, I want to practice that more. And like, it's more dramatic when it, you know? Yeah. The way you deliver something. And, and he was saying, he gave that example about saying, oh, why are you here to someone? Like being like, oh, why are you here? The way you say it. Or like, why are you here? Yeah. Or why are you here? Right? Like it all changes in the tone that you speak in. So it's really important. Um, not what you're saying, but how you say it. And again, 
as we said, just going to reinstate that the importance of when you are giving a demand or something. And I think it probably, it definitely would, you have to obviously match the situation, but let's say you are working with a client at a clinic and you are, that kid has just ripped apart the entire toy room and you know, you are going to have to be the one to clean that shit up. And you're like, this is enough. And then he just bit you too. And you're like, oh hell no. Now I'm pissed. I'm hurt. I'm this. It is so important to you know, remain calm with composure and just keep that demand. Pick up the toy. Right. Pick up the toy. Nothing else. Pick up the toy. Right. Now, obviously, if you're working with someone and you're trying to show that you have some emotional connection with a hostage, they're saying like, show that compassion. You know, when you, when you give it to me, you're not going to be like, put the gun down. Right. Because in that moment, you're already like setting yourself up as an enemy, right? It's like, okay, I gotta be defensive when someone's talking to me like that. So you do wanna show that emotional connection at the same time as doing it. So you have to stay calm and use a neutral tone. And I think another takeaway for behavioral real quick is that the generalization of these skills. So when um, a a hostage negotiator is going through the training, like we talked about, so think of like a behavior skills training. So um, the, what they, the behavior is, it's demonstrated, it's modeled, it's role-played, it is rehearsed, it's um, trying to make the environment as maybe as stressful as the actual environment might be. So you have these opportunities to practice under stressful conditions so then you can generalize the negotiation skills to the real environment. Exactly. So as just a reminder, behavioral skills training, this is a really effective way to train people, whether you want them to learn how to do a certain procedure um, at their job, or you want them to do it at, at a clinic with a client. You know, I want you to do this. I want to work on a manding procedure or whatever it is you're working on um, to utilize, give instructions first. And it should be written down. It should be something that someone could look at and refer to. Okay. And then you're going to model it. So maybe I'm going to model and I'm going to show like, uh, this is exactly what Um, I might have Casey there being the person doing the, you know, like, I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. And I'm going to show exactly what would be done. Um, And then you're going to have the other individuals rehearsing. So let's say these other police in the FBI Academy, they might then rehearse it. And me, when I start getting into this field. Um, And then you provide feedback, right? And we know that what what feedback is the most effective? Immediate. Immediate. I'm not going to tell them two days later. I'm going to tell them right then. Like, hey, you did great at this. I love the way you maintained your composure. But but I, but I, you did seem to become a little aggressive at this part, you know, whatever it or, is. Or yeah, or could you use more open-ended questions so that they can lead the conversation and feel like their, you know, feelings are mattering in the situation? Exactly. Perfect. Rehearsal so feedback. And let's say you teach a new skill. And this is not like, oh, we're going to practice for 30 minutes today. Like I need to do this until you reach the predetermined criterion. So what I mean is like a 90% is not good enough for something like this when you're dealing with a life. I need you to know all the steps perfectly to, you know, perfection. Um, 100% competency. All right, now let's get to our fourth important principle of hostage negotiation. 
R E S P E C T, baby. Find out what you mean to me. R E S P E C T. Find out what it means to me. R E S P E C T. Take out T C T. You are talking with another human being. That person who is holding someone hostage, or that person that you may be arguing with, they are a human being and they have emotions that matter. Okay. So the golden rule, right? Treat others the way that you would like to be treated. How about we treat others the way they want to be treated, right? So we need to meet them where they are. We need to figure out their MO right then, right? That is how we're figuring out how they want to be treated. So if they were doing all of this for attention, let's figure that out if that's the function of it, right? I will provide them with a lot of attention if that's what they need and I could save a life, right? So or if they just needed someone to validate their feelings that they're not alone in feeling what there's clearly something serious happening if they're holding someone hostage. So as that negotiator, it's all the steps that we talked about, right? Seeking to first understand, pair with them, knowing when it's appropriate to deliver that demand or that message, right? So now that you've got them to trust you, you're using those uh, reflecting back statements, the I messages saying, I can see that you feel this way. You're asking those open-ended questions. Um, you are now um, maintaining that neutral, calm tone. Um, even if it's the most stressful situation you've ever been in, um, you're trying to make sure that they know that you respect them. Right. And something else that I found interesting, I don't know if you said, well, I watched a few different, you know, video, this, I that. I watched the documentary you sent me, but I was bored. So I just stopped. I didn't watch that one. I just sent it to you. <laughs> oh, thanks. So, actually, how I got into this because everyone was telling me to watch that show, Mindhunter. Yeah, Matt and I watched that. It's really good. Yeah, so that's how I, I got into it in the first place. And then I started Googling it all. And But also what I saw on like actual, you know, they also have like some live footage of actual hostage situations. And what I saw is try show, like not just that you're listening. So let's say this person's already there. I mean, you can't be feeling that good when you have, like 50 snipers on you, all these police officers. Sometimes there's news media there. So when you're showing that you're listening and these emotional things and they're like, I need you to get rid of the people, right? So something that you can negotiate on is you could say, okay, I'm going to get the reporter. I hear what you're saying that you want them gone. I'm going to get them gone. So what I've seen is like, maybe the negotiator might be like, okay, I need the snipers to stay and they're like hidden locations. Right. But I just want you to see that I'm listening to come. I'm, I'm going to get rid of these people for you. I hear you completely. Right. Um, I saw that as something like, obviously you can't negotiate the fact that it's, it's someone's life, but if it's something that's like, okay, these reporters aren't needed here for this situation, they're not aiding in it at all. I'm happy to listen to you for that. You know? So it's showing like, I'm happy to work with you. Um, Scott Telema, the actual guy we've been talking about who did this Ted talk, the secrets of hostage negotiators. Wow, sorry. He mentions there's tremendous power in unconditional respect. Even if you do not feel they deserve respect, um, they and they're you know they're not expecting it from you because they're realizing what kind of situation they're in. Um, but especially when they don't expect it from you and you can give it to them, that unconditional respect in that moment, it goes above and beyond anything else that you could do. So. Hopefully you could take these principles and I mean, I hope that you are never there in a hostage situation that you need to get involved. But you do um, not need to be 
a hostage negotiator to engage in these behavior principles, to effectively communicate with others who maybe it's someone that you know that's in crisis, or maybe it's a relationship um, that is in crisis at home or at work. Um, you, you must always remember these. So you must seek to understand, get their attention um, so that they can hear your message and knowing when it's appropriate to deliver the message and treating everyone with dignity and respect, right? Absolutely. And if anyone's looking for a good book to read, there's a book called Never Split the Difference, um, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It. It's by Chris Voss. We can put that in the show notes also. He was a, um, uh, like a top FBI. Never split the difference. Oh, I, like he, I can't wait to read it. My dad made me read it a long time ago. Of course uh, I didn't did because he's the smartest man in the universe. <laughs> um, so it's, it's just really interesting because he used to do hostage negotiations. He was a um, former lead international kidnapping negotiator for the FBI. Um, and he did not develop his theories of negotiation of negotiation in the halls of academia. He actually did this um, by learning and traveling, and so it's really fascinating. And it's not just about hostage negotiations; it's about getting anything you want out of life in general. Um, I think this is a good cue for us to start a book club and read something like this. If you're interested in a book club, start sending us messages. It will give us the ammo to actually start it. The only so way I think I'll ever read the book is if it's um it's a book club because it's going to be uh, an assigned reading yes and i'm going to have people that i'm going to have to like prepare for if we want to break down the book behaviorally whatever it may be um but it will give us a good moment to just like for me i need that like i just need to shut my cooper book and open up like a different book for once in a, once in a while <laughs> i know I even pack Cooper in my bag to come to New York. Matt's like, you're not studying for the exam anymore. I'm like, I know, but I tutored. He's like, but you know it. I'm like, but I love Cooper so much. And we've always got to refer to the source anyways. And it's also like the most heavy, dense book to carry. It's cray. But anyways. you guys, I hope that you learned some stuff today about um, how to effectively communicate, whether it be a hostage or just be in any relationships in your life. Absolutely. So thanks for tuning in. As always, find us. You know where to find us. And if you want to support these episodes, sign up on patreon.com slash behavior bitches podcast for as low as $2 a month. And we are adding in really cool new features ASAP to maintain the behavior of you guys continuing to be patrons. So we really appreciate it. As always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. 
He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 